Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard, talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him, to showing to his servants things which must shortly come to pass and signified it by his angel under John. Four stages of growth, and any of that have heard this podcast know that we're coming into the last stage of fathers. Now we begin as newborn babes that desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby, being born of the water and the spirit. That is Acts 2.38, the keys given to Peter, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. When they were said, men and brethren, what must we do? He stated, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. Many have missed that mark there, not being born of the water, which water baptism is taking on the name of Jesus in the spiritual circumcision of the heart, in the spirit. These praises not of man, but of God. They are the Jews that are one spiritually. As in Romans 2, 28, man, verse 29. He is not a Jew that is one outwardly and the circumcision of the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. Circumcision of the heart and the spirit, whose praise is not a man, but of God. And that's done by water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, as we see in Romans 6, 1 through 4, as we see in Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12, assuming that the person is born again believer. Been born of the water, that's a spherical circumcision of the heart, in the spirit, then receive the Holy Ghost, born again, then he is a Jew, a spiritual Jew grafted in to the vine, while olive branches being grafted into the one vine, Jesus only. Now we have those in Smyrna and in Philadelphia that say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. We have one on the podcast in the archives called the synagogue of Satan. If you missed that, please check it out. They're the ones that never were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And the Lord calls them the synagogue of Satan. He says that to the church at Smyrna, as well as the church at Philadelphia in Revelation, the second and the third chapter. But then there's another stage of growth. We grow in grace through obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. And we go from newborn babes to little children. Now the little children. We see in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. I run to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. And you've known the father. You know that Jesus is the father of glory. That the Lord said unto my Lord, are not two lords, but one Lord, which in truth is one spirit. And the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, as a self-existent, eternal, invisible spirit of God. No man has seen God at any time. But the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And the capital L, small case O-R-D, is that same spirit revealed, manifest. And that is the Son of God, which is the Father revealed. The children know this. They have this revelation. 
and Jesus is the Father. Very few have that today. So the Lord is using judgments to get us to turn and return to the living God. In Hosea 6, 1, he said, Come and let's return to the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ. For he hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten, he will bind us up. We, after the second day, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up and we will live in his sight. If we follow him to know the Lord, that's continuing on in the word. And if you continue in my word, then you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Jesus stated that. And whom the son of God has set free is free indeed. Well, stand there in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Following the leading of the Holy Ghost and not giving in to this iniquity in the last days, which is we following not the leading of the Holy Ghost. And because iniquity will abound, the love of many will wax cold, and that iniquity is lawlessness, not following the leading of the Holy Ghost. For salvation is through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Paul tells us that in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. That sanctification of the Spirit is doing the will of God according to His purpose and His will for each individual believer. That is where we are today. Pentecostals have been that have born again of the water and the Spirit, Acts 2.38, and they have the revelation Jesus is the Father. He is the Lord of glory. But then they go to that final stage of growth that in the last days will be overcomers. We see this in Revelation the second and the third chapter. To him that overcometh. And those are the ones that hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ and obey it to keeping the words of the book of this prophecy. Obedience is required. Now, most of the denominational church world says that obedience there is not required because faith plus zero plus nothing plus nada equals salvation, which is a lie. Show me your faith without your works. James said, I'll show you my faith by my works. And faith has to be added to. We have to add to our faith virtue. We have to add to our virtue knowledge. Add to knowledge, temperance, self-controlled in all things. Temperance, then patience. Let patience have a perfect work after you have done the will of God. Then patience, godliness, the God life. And that mystery of godliness is that God was manifest in the flesh. It's a mystery of this godliness, the God life. 1 Timothy 3.16 The ones that reach that goal to that level of glory and godliness are the ones doing the will of God, having Christ revealed in and through them. Just as Paul stated in Galatians 2.20, I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The Son of God now is come in the flesh. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, because Jesus Christ is that quickening spirit now. We see that in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. The first 
And then Adam was made a living soul. The second Adam, the last Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Not a spirit man, but a spirit. Who is that? The Lord is that spirit, 2 Corinthians 3.17. So in the revelation of Jesus Christ, where we are now, entering into the final stages of glory, because it's not just enough for justification, our ultimate glorification when the Lord comes to be glorified in his saints because our testimony among you was believed. What is that? That's the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, to understand the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book in your Bible. The word of God states that. And the first chapter is going to be in a Hebrew design of the Hebrew abecedary of the Aloth. The second chapter will be the Beth, or Beit. The third chapter, Gamel. Fourth chapter, Daleth. Fifth chapter, the Ha, etc. All the way through the last letter of the Hebrew abecedary, the Tav, showing that Jesus Christ is every attribute that God is, was, or ever will be that he is the God Almighty, that he is a self-existent, eternal God, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent Spirit of God, that he works salvation in and of himself alone. The first chapter, as we go into that revelation of Jesus Christ, reveals that he is the Lord of glory, that he is the Almighty God. We see that in Revelation 1.8. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. Now, there are things that have to do with apocalyptic, the last day work of the ministry, what we're all called for as kings and priests unto the Lord our God, and we'll reign with our Lord in the earth during that millennial for 1,000 years. When we see Jesus here, it's a higher level of glory. When we take a look at the, there, that John had to turn to see. The church has to turn. We can't stay on present Pentecostal course. We have to turn to see. Always pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Wisdom is only spoken to them that are perfect. We see that in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. Paul said, I speak to you, not the wisdom of this world, but I speak wisdom to them that are perfect, the wisdom of God. And it concerns the glory of the saints to bring many sons unto glory, for whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those that he predestinated, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. Don't stop at justification. Them that he justified, them he also glorified. Our vile body, being fashioned like in his glorious body, whereby he's able to subdue all things unto himself, which is in the regeneration of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Fulfilling Psalm 132.11, that the Lord hath promised, sworn in truth unto David, 
and will not turn from it, that of the fruit of thy body, David, will I, God himself, set upon thy throne. The Lord will be there, Jehovah Shammah. And in this revelation of Jesus Christ, it is imperative and essential that the body of Christ knows the present truth in the word of God, which is the preceding word, by which every believer lives thereby. We live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's present truth. The present truth is not Pentecostal, Acts 2, 38. That is certainly truth, but that was in the Pentecostal season. We are now in a different season of God. For the body of Christ, we're in the third day. The third day or the third thousandth year. So it's been two days since that Jesus died, buried, and rose again. And the Holy, Holy Ghost was given in that Pentecostal season and Acts the second chapter. We're told to get into that dispensation of grace, to be born again. It was given to us the formula by Peter who had the keys to the kingdom, stating that repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. The promise is unto you, to your children, to a many that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now that started a new season. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. We have an unction from the Holy One. We know all truth. No lies of the truth. We have the revelation of Christ that was then hid, but now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets that the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge are now revealed. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. One God, one person of God, not three, not three persons, not a trinity, but one person in that Godhead, which is Jesus only, the blessed and only potentate, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see, First Timothy, and that is 5, verse 16 and 17. Now, with that revelation, we're saying that this Jesus is now being revealed in Revelation, the first chapter. Let's take a look at what it says. To hear this voice of God, we have to turn, just as you see John does, and he states that in Revelation 1 and in uh, verse 12, and I turned to see the voice. To see the voice? You mean to hear the voice? No, to see the voice. Because the word is manifest. God himself is manifest. That is what we see in 1 John 1 verse 1. And that tells us very simply what that is. That John talks about the word that is the Father, that is the Holy Ghost, that is the self-existent eternal God, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, 1 John 1 verse 1, 
which we have seen with our eyes. You've seen the word, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled what? The word of life. God's word now expressed, manifest, revealed, Jesus only. This is what we're seeing in Revelation 1, verse 12. John has to turn the body of Christ, revealing to us, the body of Christ, things which must certainly come to pass, surely will come to pass. The time is at hand, the night is far spent. What is it? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, it's going to show us in each and every chapter as we break it down that he is the aloft through the tile of 22 letters in the ABC diary and each having a different attribute of the glories of God. And John tells us in each chapter that it is Jesus only. And it is a work, a strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act in the judgments of God and seals, uh, trumpets, and vials wherein is filled up the wrath of God. In the first chapter, we got the aloft. In the aloft, number one, it is the omnipotent, almighty God, and it will reveal that in Revelation 1.8. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. But let's take a look at Jesus. We have to turn to see it. We have to turn from Pentecost to go deeper into the tabernacle reign. From Pentecostal to tabernacleist. And he states here in verse 12, And I turned to see the voice manifest word of God that spoke with him. That spake with him is the word of God that is in the present proceeding word of God, present truth. And he turned to see it. We have to all turn. We have to be willing as a tree planted by the water that we will be always pressing toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, not settle on or leave. Always pressing toward the mark to perfection, the perfecting of the saints. Even Paul stated to the church of Philippi, I am not already perfect, neither have I already attained. But he said, I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to those things which are before, before, which is the truth of the word of God in the proceeding word of God in present truth, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now about that prize, he said, don't you know that all run in a race, but only one winneth the prize. Therefore run, that you may obtain. It requires us to always be stirred in our spirit, pressing toward the perfection in the Lord Jesus Christ, full-grown maturity. And he states that as many as be perfect, be thus minded. We have to have that mind to go on to perfection. Many think, well, I'm saved and that's it. And there's nothing else. Not realizing there's a higher glory that we are as we are called in the one hope of our calling. And that Jesus stated that the whom he did foreknow in the foreknowledge of God, that he did predestinate 
them to be conformed to the image of his son, which is God manifest in the flesh, the father revealed, the redeemed, revealed name of God, the redemption name of God, the blood name of God, which is Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. We believed on the name of the son of God, which is the father's name revealed. Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. But the church world tells us it's Jehovah Jr. is salvation, the second person of the Godhead, which does not exist. So whom he did foreknow them, he also did predestinate, that he conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Bringing many sons unto what? Justification? No, to glorification. And those that he predestined them, he called. Them that he called, he justified. Don't stop there. Them that he justified them, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. The perfect image of, in the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Then as we see this Jesus in Revelation 1, we turn and he sees the voice that spake with him. John said it, and he's giving to us the servants of God things of faith, which must shortly come to pass. And seeing, then being turned, we have to turn from a Pentecostal to a tabernacleist. He sees seven golden candlesticks. He sees the church. The church of the living God, seven being perfected. And then he says, what does he see in the midst of it? Well, the seven golden candlesticks from Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea as a perfect circle. But in the midst of it, that's a wheel. In the middle of a wheel, he sees one like the Son of Man. Now, that's a kingdom office. Jesus, the head, we, the body of Christ, members in particular, according to the faith and measure given to each part, fitly framed together and compacted by the Lord Jesus Christ himself for one purpose, the work of the ministry, for the proclamation of the word of God to all the world for witness in all nations. That's what God is doing now, sealing those that are walking in the light as he's in the light in the present truth. When he sees this, he says he had a garment all the way down to his foot. Why? Because we are the feet generation. He's the head. We are the body. Heaven's my throne. The earth is my footstool. The body of Christ is the feet generation of Jesus. The walk there in the precious gospel of Jesus Christ proclaiming this word. And he was girded about the paps with a golden girdle. And that we see in that breastplate of judgment. That golden girdle now has four rows of three in each row. And the first row being Judah as a Carzebulan. The line of the tribe of Judah being that that one, that the standard that faced toward the east, eastward. And that's where the angel ascending from the east, having to say, we live in God, is now sealing the children of God, that their servants, unto righteousness, unto holiness, in the present truth of the word. Not in just a Pentecostal word. They will not be sealed. They have to go on to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus in the tabernacle season called tabernacleist. That's what God is doing now. It is very important and essential 
for salvation that we walk in the light as he's in the light. Then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That's 1 John 1, verse 7. We have to walk in the light as he's in the light in order to have fellowship one with another. The blood flow within the body of Christ and then that blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It's second by second, minute by minute. Well, what do we see? Well, he's clothed with the garment. What's that? The righteousness of the saints all the way down to the foot and his uh, is he was girt about the paps. Now, normally there would be on the heart of Jesus himself, on the high priest would be that breastplate of judgment. And that Jesus there as a Christophany in Genesis 3.24, he said, cherubim at the east end of the garden of God, capital C. Why? Because that is a Christophany or a theophany. It's Jesus himself before he manifests in a permanent tabernacle in uh, there in the New Testament 2,000 years ago in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. But he set these cherubim, capital C, at the east end of the Garden of God, Genesis 3:24, and a flaming sword turning every which way to keep the way of the tree of life. The cherubim, Jesus himself, has four faces as we see in the cherubim, Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10. And the capital C is Jesus himself. And we're in the likeness and the fullness and the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ here in Revelation 1. That's what he's seeing in this body of Christ, that Jesus is the head and we are the body of the Christ. And he is giving us this revelation of whom the whole family in God in heaven and earth is named that name Jesus. This is full, more glory, full, full of glory, which is much higher than a Pentecostal glory, much higher in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. We find that in this Revelation 1, verse 12 and 13, that Jesus is now girt about the pamps with a golden girdle. Well, what happened to the, the breastplate of judgment on the high priest? Well, it's now turned into a golden girdle. And that gold is perfection. The gold of Ophir. The gold is the glory. When we have if that first row there that of the standard eastward was the line of the tribe of Judah. And facing eastward, there was Ezekiel and Zebulun. Well, Judah, the praise celebrated, the praise of God, the praise God. And then Ezekiel, my heart, my reward, my buckler, my shield. And then Zebulun. And that is that I'll dwell in him and he in that uh, uh, Zebulun dwelling in God and he in us. Then we go to that second row. That second row is Reuben, Simeon, Gad. Reuben, a man. Well, to the south, there in that tribe of one of the faces of Jesus, there in that Christophany in Genesis 3.24, is that of a man, a perfect man. We see Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. Reuben, see your son. Simeon, to hear and to understand. Gad, a troop cometh. Where's this troop coming from? It's the Lord God Almighty. 
when the Lord comes, that is, in this latter reign of the Holy Ghost, there will be a troop that will come upon the earth. That troop is the troop of God. It's the army of God. That's what Jeremiah sees in the first vision he sees as a prophet to the nation. What seest thou, Jeremiah? He said, I see a rod of an almond tree. The rod, of course, that rod of the sin of Jesse is nothing but Jesus Christ. The rod is that Holy Ghost power. That rod is how we rule, and the Lord rules over the people in demonstration power of the Holy Ghost, making the nations obedient. Well, there's a rod there given to what? I see a rod of an almond tree. Well, where's the rod given? Well, Revelation 11.1 1 tells us. John says, there was a reed like unto a rod given unto me. That's the body of Christ and the servants of God. Saying, rise, measure the temple of God. What? We know that we're the temple. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're not our own, but by the price. And the altar. That's our prayer life. Our dedication and consecration to Jesus. The altar and them that worship therein. That was the, the true worshipers. Worship, must worship God in spirit and in truth. Not just in spirit only. In spirit and in truth. So that are those are the ones that are measured, uh, as we see in Zechariah 2, that are serving God in the present truth and obedience unto righteousness and holiness. And he says, measure it. Well, that measure, the temple of God, the altar of them that worship therein, but the courtyard, which of that, leave out measure not. Why? Because the wicked there do not have the rod of God upon them. The rod of God is only upon the righteous. And if anybody be without chastisement, that are the bastards and not sons. And everyone that God loves, he chastens. That's what he tells the church of Laodicea. She says, as this present church world today, I am increased with goods. I have need of nothing. And I'm clothed, fed, and have need of absolutely nothing. I don't need any more word. But Jesus states, Knowest thou not, you poor, wretched, naked, and destitute? thinking that they're already there, settle on their leaves, not stirred up into the present truth of the word of God. I counsel of thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. This is that golden girdle. It's the glory of God. It's not just uh, that Judah, that line of the tribe of Judah in that first row, the perfect man in that second row, that uh, Reuben, Simeon, and Gad, the third row, Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin, and that Ephraim, which was uh, that ox, that suffering servant. And it's not just that eagle in that last row of Dan, Asher, and Naphtali. That are the cherub, those are the cherubim of glory, the lion, man, ox, and eagle, which Jesus has his face shown in the four gospels. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah in the gospel according to Matthew. He is that perfect man in the gospel according to Mark. He is that suffering servant, the ox in the gospel according to Luke. He is that eagle in the gospel according to John. Well, here we have him. The Lord Jesus Christ revealed in the word of God. He, the body of Christ, and the symbolic there of John, 
has to turn to see the voice that spake with him. Jesus is speaking, but who will hear? For the time is here. The time has come. The night is far spent, the day's at hand. We must hear this trumpet voice of Jesus. And that now, that breastplate of judgment, that line, man, ox, and eagle, which is Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Reuben, Stephen, Gad, Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin, and Dan, Asher, and Naphtali, has now turned into a golden girdle, girded about the Holy Ghost in perfection, the glory of God. The body of Christ coming into the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ is what we're seeing here. Now, with that going on, notice what John says. He says, his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. Notice that wool and snow. Somebody said, well, what does that have to do? Well, hail, fire, and snow, we see in Psalm telling us about the latter day work of God. Here it is. It says that his hair like wool, hairs like wool, as white as snow, there's a snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. That fire is a Urim and the Tumim, but it'll be the Tumim and Urim because the perfections now are now made manifest. Urim, fire, Tumim, perfections. We find in the Oaths of the Tribes that he reverses it one time in the Word of God by Tumim and Urim and reverses it. Why? Because we have come to perfection, the body of Christ, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, unto a perfect man in the perfect image of Jesus Christ, in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That knowledge is not gnosko, just knowing him after the spirit, but not after the flesh. It's epigonosko, epi, much higher glory that we're in the perfect image of Jesus Christ. Those are the ones that, that have come unto perfection for the work of the ministry in the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ growing up into him in all things, in all truth. There he is. Well, what's this snow? What's this hail? What's this fire? And we see here that in Psalm 148, it tells us that in verse 7, praise the Lord from uh, the earth, you uh, dragons and all the deep. Watch verse six. It says, "Fire." I'm sorry, verse eight. Fire and hail, snow and vapor. That's the same thing we're seeing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Stormy wind, doing what? Fulfilling His word. This is a work of the ministry, and we find. His hair like wool, as it was appearance of snow. Well, what do we have here? We have fire, hail. We have the snow, vapor, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. This is exactly what we're seeing in the Revelation, the first chapter. Well, get ready for saints. Get ready because here we go into the work of the ministry and God's doing it now. He's sailing those that are listening and obeying his word under righteousness, under holiness, 
And these will be the ones that will proclaim his everlasting gospel to all the world for witness unto all nations. Now, at that time, then John tells us, and his feet were likened to fine brass. Why? Because brass is judgment in the word of God. It's burnished brass, polished brass. And we find that is the work of the Zoe, the work of the living creatures, the work of the beast before the throne of God in Revelation 4 and verse and Revelation 5, that these are the redeemed of the Lord. They're not angels. They are the redeemed of the Lord. And his feet were likened to this fine brass, and we are the feet generation for us to be used in the work of the ministry as they burned in a furnace. And his voice as a sound of many waters. Now that many waters is the waters of truth, the washing water of the word, which is declared in and through the body of Christ, proclaiming the word of God. This is the Jesus that we're seeing here. He had in his right hand seven stars. The stars, the Pleiades, or the seven sisters, or the seven stars in the Maseroth, in the work of God, proclaiming his will in the earth, as we see that the sun goeth forth in the heavens and the handiwork of God in Psalm 19. It tells us, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. We know the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's the word of God coming to all the earth in the fullness and power of God. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. That's when the sun shall arise with healing in his wings. This is the power of God that will be given and power given to his two servants. And that is the body of Christ, the two candlesticks, the two olive trees, which are the cherubim, which were, are in the perfect measure stature of Jesus Christ. Now we'll be going to the depth of the word. And we'll talk about this work of the ministry, this great work that God is doing now. And how I it is and how it is so essential that we, the body of Christ, come to the measure of the statue of Jesus and be sealed now by the word of God in obedience unto righteousness to having this seal of holiness in our foreheads. God's doing it now. Tune into these podcasts because God is letting this word go forth now in this two-edged sword that will either have us come into the measure of the statue of Jesus, or it will turn to be a snare unto us, and we'll count ourselves unworthy. The ones that will go on and press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus will be the ones that will proclaim this everlasting gospel to all the world and will be pleasing to God in doing his will. And it's only through those that will have the salvation turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse, as God promised in Malachi 4. So we want to pray for you, and we all come to the unity and the measure of the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in this present truth. Now we need to hear from you. We need to work together. The body of Christ is being fitly joined together and framed together by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. God's doing it now. We need to hear from you. We need to work together. God dealing with you, we need to hear from you. There, email me at Dennis at 
DennisBeard.org or our Sealing God's People at DennisBeard.org. Either way, Dennis at DennisBeard.org or Sealing God's People at DennisBeard.org. I'll get your email. I will contact you back immediately where we can work together in this work of the ministry that Jesus is doing in this time, this present truth in these last days. Also, you can all reach us at DennisBeard.org, our website, SealingGodsPeople.org, another website, SealingGodsPeople.com, another website, JCIC.tv, our ministry website. Either one of those, contact me where we can work together. Our ministers here are waiting for you to contact where we can meet you and we can all work together in this last day work of the ministry. Well, we're praying for each and every individual believer in the body of Christ, that God will perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.